So it started very much as a uh, piece of paper and a pen riding around in every piece of equipment, right? Recording what operations were being done and the next person that would hop into the tractor would be able to see, okay, this was the date and this was what happened and this was what the weather was like. And if you ever lost that piece of paper, God forbid, you were <laughs> in, in trouble or, or at least you didn't have the best uh, management practices like we do now. And now it's kind of on, almost automatic. Uh, a lot of our equipment on our farm, we do have it set up. So as soon as you turn the key on and pick your field, it will kind of start mapping and tell you what you've done and keep track of all those goodies so you can look back later on. So I use a lot of my data management to keep track of and record different trials within our own farm. So we can use different methods on different parts of the field to see which has created the most desirable result. Um, if there's no yield increase, typically it means that there wasn't a, uh, a good enough use for it until the next year, but occasionally there are uh, other desirable outcomes, such as if the crop is standing better, if it was easier to harvest, or if it was uh, uh, more tolerant to drought or other things like that that could kind of make it uh, benefit in different ways but typically it's the yield that we're looking to boost. Hi and welcome to this special edition of Between the Rows. I'm here today with Krista Kilback, Marketing Manager for Ag Expert at Farm Credit Canada, and Justin Funk, partner of Real Agri Studies, to talk about data management on the farm. We've just heard some clips from Saskatchewan farmer Ian McClellan about how data collection on his farm has changed over the past decade, and importantly, how much that transformation has improved his family's ability to use that data to inform their decision making. Justin, how common is Ian's experience relative to other farmers? This has been a fairly fast uptake of this kind of technology. Yeah, thanks for having me, Laura. Uh, you know what? I think that his experience is uh, pretty common. You know, I think one thing we have observed over the past number of years, uh, there hasn't been a shortage of technology available, but uh, we're starting to see that technology be adopted at a more rapid pace uh, because people are understanding the value of it and uh, they're understanding how to use it. And uh, they're starting to be able to see a return on it. And, uh, you know, I think combined with that, a lot of the original or, or, or typical barriers to entry uh, are being removed as well. And so I think that you're going to hear a lot more stories about Ian's in the, uh, in the coming years, for sure. Krista, based on your experience with Ag Expert, what, what do you say to that? I've talked to lots of um, lots of customers um, with Ag Expert, and um, for sure, I would say that's really typical. And I think the the customers or the producers that I spoke to, they were collecting data in one form or another, whether it be pen and paper, whether it just you know they think they're going to remember it all. But there comes a point though where just in terms of the value that they need or or a specific problem on the farm that they need to solve there is a better way, right? And so I think we're seeing that with Ian and I've heard um, other customers that maybe with technology, there's so much, they might just use a certain part or piece of it. 
Um, I know of a customer, he farms with his dad and he said, the best thing for us is really just even keeping track of the grain that's in the bin. And he's like, that's been the best efficiency for us on the farm. And just, you know, not having to, um, to try to figure that out when he goes out because he just farms part-time with his dad and try to figure it out. He's like, for us, that has been the biggest time efficiency for us on the farm. And so a, a win for them for sure. Why is data management becoming so much more important in farming operations today? You know, there's just, um, I think for, yeah, producers, I think it's important just in terms of um, all the uncertainty, I think, you know, today and whether it be increasing prices or any type of risk, I guess, it really, I think, it, it allows them to collect the data, but I think taking it to the next step and being able to use the data to make decisions, right? Hopefully that is really going to help, um, again, manage some of that uncertainty and then um, make decisions, I would say, specific to their farms that can help them um, long-term. So even again, if I think about um, a customer that I spoke to, he pretty much said like, so he, they... Again, he farms with his dad and he said, you know, a lot of the times like they used um, pen and paper to manage the bookkeeping. And he said, by the time I needed to find out a decision and go over there, find my dad, look through all the book work and all that, he's like, the moment had passed, right? And it just turned into a big thing. So for him, the efficiency was they moved to a, a, a web-based accounting program. And he said, it's been amazing. He can have information in the moment um, at any, any time's notice. And, you know, he can, he knows if he can go to the auction or not. Right. So it's been great in that sense. So Justin, you, you're just working through the results of a recent survey you've done with farmers about how they're using data and how their transition is, is taking place. What was, what was the purpose uh, of doing that survey? Well, th- there were a, a couple of reasons for doing the study. Uh, one was to get a better handle on how farmers were adopting and utilizing digital tools and, and managing data today, but also uh, to take a look backwards to see how that's evolved over the last four years. So this study was uh, originally done um, with the group at Ag Expert in 2018 to essentially benchmark uh, what data management looked like on Canadian farms. Uh, I had an opportunity then to collaborate with Ag Expert. Uh, and through our Real Agri-Studies panel, uh, conduct a survey to bring us up to speed as to where things were today. And so uh, 750-ish farmers uh, answered this survey and provided us their insights. And you know, it, it, it wasn't just about the use of the data either, it was how they feel about the data, particularly uh, the level of trust associated with those that they are sharing that data with, which of course is a very important part of, of using the data is being able to uh, share that data with trusted advisors and, and others to help make some of these important decisions. What were some of the highlights that you, you found in this? Well, first, first of all, the, I wasn't quite sure what we were going to get back, but uh, we had tremendous uptake to the survey. Uh, I mean, this, was, this is an issue that's top of mind. So it's not necessarily a conclusion from you know, a bar chart or anything, but to have 750 farmers voluntarily complete a survey within like a 36 hour time frame is outstanding. Um, one of the things that we asked right out of the be- at the beginning was uh, to what extent are you using data? It, it was a, a rather generic question, but 
uh, we found that 62% of farmers told us that they were either moderate or extensive users of data on their farm, which when you think about that, I mean, that's a that's well over half. That's a sizable amount. And uh, it's not a question we ask in 2018, but you know, just to get a sense as to where we stand today, uh, a lot of farmers, one way or another, are using data to manage decision-making and, and uh, other activities on the farm. Were there any uh, big surprises in, in, the, in the information that you got back? You know, there's always surprises because you go into something like this thinking it's going to be one way and then it turns out to be another. And sometimes, sometimes the things you learn validate exactly what you thought you were going to see. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure about surprises, but, uh, you know, it's clear to me after looking at this information, farmers are not just using data now, but are going to make it a priority for the future. Um, we asked some attitude statements that were geared towards that. And, you know, that, that's a very encouraging uh, sign when you see people who are not only using it now, but are, are telling us that they want to use more. Uh, a couple other things that we learned is that it's not always the younger farmers either that are, are using the data. You know, sometimes we draw these conclusions that uh, younger farmers are more inclined to adopt new technology. And in some cases, that's true. Uh, but in other cases, it's not. And here we find that more mature farmers seem to be just as inclined to want to be using data, maybe for different reasons, but uh, just as inclined as the younger farmer. And so age is not a barrier to entry as far as I'm concerned. There might be some uh, reasons why they are somewhat hesitant because it it essentially changes the way that they have done things, you know, and, and uh, the longer period of time you have to implement some of these ideas, maybe the more inclined you are to adopt. But, you know, one, when you go into something like this, you look for those sorts of demographic relationships. And in this case, there wasn't anything that was outstanding to that degree. One thing that was, though, is uh, there seems to be a direct relationship between size of farm and use of data. Uh, we're, for whatever reason, uh, larger farmers seem to be a little more ahead on the adoption curve. Uh, and I think there's a couple of reasons for that. I, I, I think that they might be more motivated to do it, but they also might uh, have a better time dealing with some of those barriers to entry. For instance, having the right equipment or having the right people in place. Uh, or it could be attention they're getting from suppliers uh, to encourage them to adopt that uh, technology and to uh, to nurture them through that process. So I, I wouldn't call that a surprise necessarily, but it was definitely a uh, clear observation from the data that we that we collected. When you think about the sheer scale and the complexity of the decisions in a larger operation, plus the dollar figures attached to it, there's a lot more risk associated with making the wrong decision. Is that part of the scenario that you see evolving for the, these guys? I, I, I think so. You know, I, I think that the, you know, there's there's <laughs> there's often that saying, you know, I can farm big or or I can farm smart, and I think in some cases you do both and. Uh, the bigger these farms are, the more complex the decisions are, and to have the right tools, whether that be the right equipment or the right uh, crop input or animal nutrition products, you know, it, whatever you can do to take the risk out, uh, you know, data is one of those ways that farmers can manage risk. It, it can help them be more organized. Uh, you know, of course, larger farms have a lot more to organize, uh, I, I believe. Uh, you can be more precise, you can be more predictive, you can be more collaborative, and 
you know, ultimately make better decisions that are going to impact profitability. And these are all motivators, I think, that, you know, go along with managing a good sized business. Krista, do you think that farmers are today capturing the full value of this crop of data that they they actually harvest every year? I mean, we we think of them harvesting grains, but you know, with the sensors on their equipment now, they're they're collecting data every time they turn around. Are they capturing the full value? I'm not sure if we're there yet, um, in, in terms of you know capturing everything that uh, technology today has to offer. There's a lot, right? It comes from a whole di- a whole bunch of different places, and um, I think there's still some work to be done in terms of making it as easy as possible for farmers to be able to really you know analyze the data and all the different sources that it comes from. But um, I definitely think that. Yeah, we're in a better place today. I think like um, Justin said, you know, farmers are, are definitely more apt for the technology and to, to make it work for them and the types of returns that they want to see in terms of productivity. Justin, what are the gaps or issues that would prevent farmers from taking full advantage of, of the data that they're collecting? Well, there's, there's some gaps or barriers that are real and there's some that I believe are perceptual. Um, the real barriers, of course, uh, having the right equipment, uh, having time in order to implement it, I think is another one. You know, a lot of, a lot of these tools have a pretty steep learning curve. Uh, and then I think that going along with that is the support that comes from those that are helping farmers uh, implement uh, the use of data. I, I do a lot of work in the ag retail space, and uh, I... I have a lot of conversations with uh, sales agronomists or managers at retail outlets who've made it a priority, you know, as part of their their points of differentiation to to be pretty high on the on the spectrum of of uh, data use, you know, to to be positioned as somebody who can really help farmers do this, and you know, they've often commented to me just how much untapped potential there is out there in using the data and, and trying to get farmers to implement it uh and use it is hard you know it's it's one thing to say yeah i want to do it but it's another thing to actually do it and so what what are the perceptual barriers that that might uh stand in the way one i I think there's maybe this notion that it's too big too big to handle right so i've got a lot of things on the go and this is this is a fundamental shift in how i manage production uh, or bookkeeping or whatever the case is. And so I, I can't do it. Well, I mean, I think that that can be overcome through education, through nurturing and support, uh, and really helping people see the value and the ROI. And I think that's the second perceptual barrier. I, I think that uh, sometimes the results aren't immediately visible. And so having the patience to start something new and to work through it and eventually see the results. I, I think, you know, the immediacy there or the lack thereof presents a bit of a barrier. I think that there's also then the whole trust factor. You know, I, I think that we as a society have sort of been conditioned to think that our data is not safe. And uh, you see this happening in the media around us, you know, when you hear about data leaks and stuff like that. Uh, I'm no expert on the technical side of this, but what I do know is that if if people are fearful of sharing data, then they're going to be less inclined to do it. And so uh, one of the things that we tried to measure in the study is how has that perception of trust changed over time? And an encouraging finding, uh, 
Uh, again, not a surprise, but an encouraging finding is that uh, people seem to be uh, to feel better about sharing their data with trusted suppliers today than they did four years ago. And uh, I think there's a couple factors that go into that. One is uh, they're using it more, and so they can see see that it's being treated with respect. They can see the benefit that's coming their way. Um, but but also, um, you know, the more experience they have with it, uh, just in general, the more comfortable they're going to be uh, the next time they have an opportunity to use it. So yeah, I, I think there's you know, th- those real barriers, those perceptual barriers, uh, both can be overcome. I think some might be a little bit harder than others. You know, the perceptual ones in particular, getting people to change their mind is not easy. Now, if farmers are to fully leverage this as a resource, of course, they need a reliable package to manage it. Um, So the question then becomes, what should they be looking for in a data management package? And and before I get to your thoughts on this, I wanted to share some comments from a conversation I had with Eduardo Trombetta, who's manager of software development for the Ag Expert team at Farm Credit Canada. He talked about the importance of making sure, you know, the company has a reliable track record, it's trustworthy, that it offers good IT support, that it's, you know, got longevity in the marketplace. It's not a, a you know, just arrived yesterday and whether it offers people the opportunity to try the package out. But he also mentioned something called egg data transparency certification as being very important. And here's what he had to say about that. There's one called egg data transparency. And the focus there is around uh, ownership and simplicity and transparency. And they have a really good website where you can go to and they talk about their core principles. Uh, But most of it is around just making sure that uh, organizations who achieve that certification are clear with their customers in very easy to read language about what they're signing up for and what's going to, you know, that they own all of their data and they're not going to be doing anything with that data without very explicit consent from the user and just keeping terminology uh, simple. You know, there's always those very long uh, agreements when you sign up for any website or any digital product. It's, uh, you know, pages and pages of legal speak that nobody ever reads or understands. So that that egg data transparency is uh, kind of a way of greatly simplifying that for users and giving them language that they can understand and and uh, cuts out a lot of the red tape that you really don't need to fully understand. Now, uh, Eduardo also said it's important to talk to the vendor about what cybersecurity safeguards they have in place and how they will protect your data. You referred to that as well, Justin. Here's how he put it. Um, I'd recommend even having a conversation with the vendor. You know, when you're getting that demo, you're phoning about the product to talk about whatever. Uh, ask them about cybersecurity because they should know answers to things like uh, how do they physically protect your data or what is their data backup strategy? Um, do they have any kind of notice, notable certifications like a SOC 2 or a PCI if they're handling uh, credit cards? Do they have training requirements of their developers and their engineers? And do they have cybersecurity professionals in the company? So a lot of stuff, you're probably going to have to to ask them questions around that, but you may find some of it in their literature uh, on the website. Eduardo had one final word of advice, and it was related to price versus the value of what you're getting for your investment. My advice would be don't just look at the price and compare, you know, what you see on a website to the first thing you see on the other website. 
uh, take the time to compare both the price and the features that you get uh, across different products that you're interested in. Uh, dig in and find out what you're going to get for your dollar because some vendors may have a very low upfront price, uh, but then when you dig in and say, well, okay, I need to use payroll or I want this specific type of report or this specific type of module for my business or I want you know multiple people to be able to have access to it, then you'll sometimes find that the price goes up and they charge more for those kinds of features. And some vendors, you'll just get an all-in-one price where they give you everything that they have for the same price. Um, so dig into that, I guess, as well. And don't just go off of the first dollar sign that you see to take the time to find out what you're getting for it. Krista, do farmers sometimes get talked into buying the best deal as opposed to getting the best value for their money? Potentially, you know, like, yeah, is cheaper necessarily better? Not always, right? Um, yeah, again, just always bringing it back to the customers and, and the farmers that I've spoke to that use Ag Expert. I think it really depends on, you know, the return that they see, the value that they they have specifically for their operation and, you know, the efficiency that it creates for their operation. Um, yes. I mean, I don't think you can put a dollar amount on that. I mean, sure, we'd like to have, um, you know, higher cost of production. and But some of these little things, though, that I hear about that make the biggest impacts on farms, honestly, have just been um, instrumental to making such a huge difference um, to an operation. Um, and so I think, yeah. Don't only look at the price tag is what I'm trying to say. Justin, what are your thoughts on that? It's interesting when you take a look at how companies try to gain adoption, uh, not not just for software, but just for anything. You know, you you give it away or you uh, you incentivize people with price. I, I think in this case, you know, we've seen sort of the spectrum. There uh, initially there were some uh, uh, field management software programs that were you know, upwards of ten thousand uh, dollars to subscribe to. Uh, that didn't last very long. Now we find that companies are giving these software packages away to key customers, and it doesn't really have much bearing on adoption. I, I, I think that you know the value that somebody sees is not what they're paying for the software; it's what they're getting out of it. And I think that we sometimes assume that people understand what value means but sometimes we have to we have to teach them what to look for you know and and so for instance you know you look at the cost of adopting software is is it is it really the monthly subscription fee or is it the behavior change that goes along with it you know so are we really dealing with the right issue when we're just giving giving stuff away with no financial cost and sometimes I, I think that there's a reason to believe that people will actually value it more if they're invested in it a little bit more financially. So, you know, I'm not sure that the cost uh, is, is really the key variable here. I think it's the usability. I think it's the observability. I think there's a trialability bit to this. And, and of course, uh, you know, if, if, if it's not understood, you know, if it's complex, not compatible, it doesn't have relative advantage over what they were doing before, then chances are it's, it's nothing's going to work. So, you know, I think that we need to be able to train customers to um, know how to use it, but also to know what to expect from it as well. Are farmers generally becoming more comfortable with the whole, uh, the jargon and the technology itself? In the, the survey that we did, one of the questions that we asked was around um, 
well, <laughs> user agreements. This is sort of an indirect way of answering your question, but uh, we we asked do, essentially: do do you read the user agreements? Do, do do they do you know what they say when it comes to how you share your data? And I guess I guess I could put this in the category of surprise: uh, how infrequent it was that people actually used the read the user agreements. Now I, I say that as a surprise. That shouldn't surprise me because how often. How often do you read through a user agreement when you download an app or something like that in fine detail? You usually scroll to the bottom and then click the accept button. At least that's how I am. So I guess I'm not surprised in that regard. But I am surprised from the standpoint that on one end, there's a concern about the sharing the data and the transparency of that data. And then there's the other around, well, I didn't even read the user agreement. So I don't know what can be done about that. Maybe it's a positive from the standpoint that people are just so comfortable with it now that they... They feel that they don't have to uh, go through the user agreement. It could also be that they just don't like reading user agreements or can't understand them. So uh, that's that's a little bit of a, a interesting scenario. But one one piece of evidence that is interesting sometimes you look at the data that lies within the data, and when you cross reference the uh, extensive users of data, so we we know that from the first question that we ask and how they feel about. How they how they trust suppliers and uh, whether they read user agreements. There se- seems to be, you know, for lack of a better term, a little bit more uh, awareness, uh, attention, uh, maybe maybe a little more sophistication for those higher users of data that they're they are actually paying attention uh, and 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 clearly feel, feeling more comfortable using that data because they are extensive users of it. Krista. What do you hope that people will take away from today's conversation? The biggest thing is if you are collecting data, I would say, you know, invest, um, take some time to think of a tool or a program that's going to help you use your data to make decisions on your farm, whatever that might be, whatever type of operation. I mean, there's definitely um, tools out there, there's support out there. And I just think if you do some research and some digging, there's lots of opportunities for farmers. Justin, any thoughts? I, I agree with Krista. I think doing your research to find a, a tool uh, that will work well with your farm uh, and achieve your goals. You know, I think that's really important. Uh, I, th- I think some of the, some of the data that we look at may be more or less useful. So, you know, what are you ask yourself? What are you trying to accomplish? Uh, but then I would say also. Tap into the resources that are out there. There's a lot of really good people who understand how to use this data, who can help farmers implement this. And I'm thinking like the local retailer, for instance. You know, the, these these people are are there to help with crop production decisions, um, but they have just as much a vested interest in farmers being good users of data as anybody. And so don't don't be afraid to ask for help from those people. Um, that that's part of the value package that they bring to the table. Um, and it's, I think it should be taken advantage of for sure in a good way, utilized. Well, thanks to both of you for joining us today on this special edition of Between the Rows. Um, I've been speaking with Krista Kilback, the Ag Expert Marketing Manager at Farm Credit Canada, and Justin Funk, partner with Real Agri-Studies Research based in Guelph. I'm Laura Rance.